scripture today is from Matthew, Matthew 13. He told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he, scat- as he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on a footpath, and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Now listen to the explanation of the parable about the farmer planting seeds. The seeds that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their hearts. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long, they fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's words, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of, worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produced a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. A lot is said in the Bible about the seed, and we just heard this this, uh, illustration Here's another, the power of a seed. It may start as just a tiny little seed, but oh, how great it can grow. A gentle word or one small deed can change the world that we know. He said with faith like a mustard seed, we can move the biggest mountain. Just imagine how much, we, how much can be achieved when we let God broaden our horizon. Never doubt the mighty power of a seed, no matter how small it may seem. God can make it transform and exceed even your biggest and wildest dream. God's inviting us now to plant a seed, then relax and just watch it grow. As he takes over and lovingly proceed to let his wondrous blessings flow. So come everyone, let us plant that seed which God has laid on our heart, expanding our reach to all those in need, working together, each doing our part. Thank you, Nathaniel. Now that was an original creation, and I think we just need to give Nathaniel a hand. Thank you. We asked the question, are there any poets in the congregation? And we found one. So thank you for writing it this morning. Tennille for reading the scripture. Thank you. And uh, Tiffany for painting behind us. 
again this morning. Thank you. The power of a seed. Planting as the man goes along. And uh, it's going to produce a good crop. You're producing good crops too for us. So thank you. Well, good morning and awesome to be together this morning. I, I love Sundays. And I, I, I love the chance to uh, share our hearts together and uh, worship together. And this is Sunday number three in the Just Imagine series. And uh, next Sunday is uh, actually Celebration Sunday. We're there already. On the first Sunday, uh, you were given a brochure. Kind of looks uh, something like this. And, uh, and we have extra copies, by the way, that's out on the west entrance foyer, if you didn't get one of these. Um, and then in that was a uh, discerning God's will, a little pamphlet there. And uh, if you haven't had a chance to look at that, that would be great if you could do that. It's just a little resource to think through some of the great steps to follow in uh, determining God's will in these days. And then this morning, I hope you got one of these, so you're getting lots of things. Uh, It's a little reminder of our priorities uh, for the coming years. Discipleship, youth ministry, outreach, international ministry, and of course church planting. And so just a reminder this week, if you would, to be in prayer, uh, to be dialoguing with family members, uh, and uh, to be considering a gift uh, for next Sunday. And uh, as we've said over and over again, it may work best for you to put that commitment over three years, uh, or perhaps over five years, uh, however it works, uh, but totally, totally awesome, however God leads you. Can I just say this? We're in a special season in the life of this body. These kind of seasons don't come along too often in the life of a congregation. Uh, And uh, we're in a very special season. We had this season way back when we started thinking of this project uh, some years ago. And then here it is again. And we're just grateful for all that God has done. Uh, Somehow, I don't know how it happened, but my weekly email... Uh, reached all the way to North Carolina uh, this week to a person that I've never met. Uh, Sometimes when you get an email, you can forward it on. And so it got forwarded on to a gentleman in North Carolina and somebody who wrote back and said, you know, we're just excited for what God is doing at TCC. You can see the excitement in the email. And we're praying for you. I don't know who he is. What a cool note to get just kind of out of the blue. We've only got one more Sunday to go and then we'll have finished our emphasis. But here's what I wanted to say to you. Thank you so much for praying and thank you for being a part of this initiative in whatever way you can. We don't want to create any hardship for you or your family. Uh, So when you think of a gift beyond your regular giving, know that it's not in, in anyone's heart to put pressure Uh, on your family or stress in your family. Do only what you think God wants you to do. Take care of your family. Listen to God. And whatever the contribution is, we know God is going to honor that. God's going to bless that. And God's going to use it to His honor and glory. And I hope you've heard the message loud and clear that this initiative is really about investing in our future. 
investing in all of these ministries so that the kingdom of God will grow in our midst. Amen? This morning at the end of the message, uh, we're going to invite the children, grades 1 to 6, to come. They're going to come down from upstairs and they're going to just circle around the front here. And they're going to sing a song with us. And we want to give them a little gift. Kind of uh, flows out of the message this morning and it'll make sense uh, a little bit later on. But they're also participating in the Just Imagine uh, series upstairs as well. Now, can I ask you a question this morning, uh, just with a show of hands? This is just for my interest. How many of us here this morning grew up in a city, in a city context, city slickers, whether it be in Canada or the United States or anywhere in the world, but you grew up in a city context? Would you put up your hand? Whoa. A lot of us. Can I ask how many here grew up in a rural setting, but in a town or in a village? Would you put up your hand? Quite a few. And how many here would have grown up on the farm? We have some farmers. That's awesome. Um, I was just interested to have a sense of that. So we have mostly people from city context, but we have a lot of people from towns and villages, and we have a good sprinkling of people who grew up uh, on the farm. I love the diversity in our congregation. Uh, We were all privileged to grow up in different parts of the world, uh, with different backgrounds, and with different lifestyles, and with different experiences, and that is wonderful. There are two exciting seasons on the farm. The first is when it's time to plant the crops, and the second is when it's time to harvest the crops. And of course, the harvest is even more spectacular um, than the planting because this is the fruit of your labor. This is what it's all about. But there's no reaping unless there is, first of all, some planting. So when the winter says goodbye in Alberta and the warm sun returns, my father would start to prepare the seed for the ground by working the fields, getting any weeds out of the fields that might be growing. And then he would prepare the soil for planting, work it up. And then he would make sure that he had new seed, or at least clean seed. And he waited for the right time uh, to pull out the drill, as we called it back in those days. Now most Uh, farmers use what is called an air seeder. The air forces the seed through the boot into into the ground. It's no surprise that the Bible is filled with agricultural imagery. So since this was very much an agrarian society, this was the world of farming. This was the world of planting and harvesting. And there are a lot of verses in the Bible about sowing seeds and planting. Some of them are in the Old Testament. Some of them are in the New Testament. Uh, Tennille read for us the parable of the sower and the seed. The Apostle Paul talked about sowing bountifully. He said, because if you do, you will reap bountifully. Hosea said that the words that are often quoted, for you sow to the wind, but reap the whirlwind. 
Job wrote, according to what I have seen, those who plow iniquity and those who sow trouble harvest it. King Solomon, writing in the Proverbs, said, He who gathers in summer is a son who acts wisely, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who acts shamefully. There are a lot of verses on planting and reaping. Some of them are a little more obscure. Some of them are quite clear. So we learn a lot of lessons from biblical input, but then we learn a lot of lessons just from the practicality of what we know and what we experience by planting seeds. So I want to give you some, uh, some lessons this morning or some reminders uh, from something as simple as a seed. First of all, to say that the power is in the seed. You want to see a miracle? Take a, just a little small seed, put it under an inch of dirt, give it some light, give it some water, give it some fertilizer, and it doesn't matter that the ground is a zillion times the weight of the seed. Isn't that amazing? The seed will push it back. Never underestimate the power that's in a seed. Have you ever seen a, a weed or a flower push its way through a crack in the concrete? You say, how does that ever get through? But it's the power is in the seed. I understand that right about now, there is a beautiful site in the desert of Chile, one of the driest deserts in the whole world. And I'm thankful to our, our new Chilean friends for alerting us to this. Between September and November, this desert, which is one of the driest deserts in all the world, gets a little bit of precipitation. And when it gets it enough, it blooms. And it's absolutely gorgeous. Those seeds are latent in the ground. And they become energized. And they germinate. And the plants bloom. And the whole landscape is just transformed. Incredible. Remarkable the power of a seed when it gets just the right conditions. The power is in the seed. It really is amazing that God has done that. He has put the power in a seed. And everything starts there. Everything starts as a seed. I mean, every idea starts as a little thought, a little seed. And then it grows, and then it grows. Your life started as a seed when your father's seed was connected with your mother's egg. Your life began. I don't need to tell you how it all came to be back in Genesis 1.11. God said, let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant and trees that grow, seed-bearing fruit, and that was the beginning of a beautiful planet. It started with a seed. God gave us a seed. And look what happened. It's gorgeous. And it's true in life. When you give something, small though it may be, it grows. When you give away encouragement, you plant a seed. When you give away your time, you plant a seed. When you give away your money, you plant a seed. A seed that grows and grows and grows. And it, it all just starts as a seed, as a little seed. 
We plant seeds with our words and with our actions and with our relationships. We can plant a seed of joy. We can plant a seed of love. Or we can plant a seed of hatred. And oh my. And looking at our world today, it's hard to watch the news these days. There are plenty of hate seeds being planted these days. Some of those seeds are dormant, but just given the right conditions, they start to grow and they bring great pain and suffering to our world. We're experiencing that globally these days. There are seeds that are germinating that will produce huge challenges to work through and the potential loss of many lives. You can plant a seed of love or you can plant a seed of hate. But first we're reminded that, there, that the power is in a seed. And I want to remind us of that this morning, that we have all kinds of seeds to plant. And you can make a tremendous impact by looking at the seeds in your seed bag. What do you have? What can you bless the world with? And you can watch it grow in your lifetime. You can watch it grow. And then it'll grow beyond your lifetime. But it all starts as a seed. Secondly, the power is only evident when the seed is planted. My father always had a seed bin. He didn't put anything else in that bin except the seed because he wanted it to be free of any weeds. So in the spring, he either bought some new seed or he took the existing seed to the elevator in the town where they had a seed cleaning process. And all of the weeds were removed from the seed grain so that when he planted the grain, it was as weed-free as possible. But my father could not be happy just to get the seed cleaned. He actually had to put it into the ground. If it stayed in the bin, nothing would ever happen. If he said to himself, well, we might not have enough for the next winter and to feed the cattle, so we better not plant that. We better save it for the cattle. That would be very short-sighted to use the seed grain for feeding the cattle and not plant it. You have to plant the seed. Nothing happens until the seed is planted. Seed never does any good if it remains in a package or if it remains in the bin. It must be planted. Jesus said in John 12, 12, 24, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat or a seed is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone, but its death will produce many new kernels or many new seeds, a plentiful harvest of new lives. So a seed has to be planted, it has to die in order to reproduce. It takes faith to plant a seed. It takes faith to give something away and believe that God's going to do something amazing with what you give away. But when you plant a seed, you cover up the seed and you trust it to the ground. You can't go and dig it up again and just see if it's growing. Although I think all of us have done that a little bit. We're just checking to see if it might be growing. But basically, you have to have faith that the seed's going to grow. 
Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Listen to this. Night and day while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. It's a mystery. Isn't that good? And isn't that true? How does the seed die? And how does it come back to life? And how does it produce more? It's a mystery. But it's like the kingdom of God. When you sow seeds in the kingdom, you might be tempted to think nothing's happening. But those seeds have to die. And then you see the growth. And you wonder, God, are you doing anything out there? But actually, something is happening. Something is dying. Something is sprouting and coming back to life again. We're sowing seeds at TCC in all kinds of ways. And specifically this month, we're sowing the seeds to invest in our ministries and discipleship and outreach and youth ministry and international ministry and in church planting. We are sowing seeds. We're investing We're eliminating our debt to allow more ministry to grow up. We're putting the seed in the ground and we're believing it's going to grow. And God's going to raise it up. And even though we can't quite see how it's all going to happen or how it is happening, God's going to raise up more vital ministry for the days ahead. And night and day, whether we're asleep or awake, the seed's going to sprout. And it's going to grow. And the kingdom is going to be extended. We can't see it all today, but we believe. We see it from yesterday. We see the seeds that were planted, and the church was very, very small, uh, but those seeds planted, and here we are today. And they grew, and God has touched many lives, and He'll do it again. He'll do it again. We just have to plant the seeds. Thirdly, Planting and harvesting require patience. Planting and harvesting require patience. There's a parable Jesus told called the mustard seed parable. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. And though it's the smallest of all seeds, the kingdom is like that. It grows to be the largest. Matthew chapter 13. You know, we might be tempted to think that we need to be a certain kind of church, that we need to be a polished church, or that we need to be a big church, or we need to be an impressive kind of church. I don't think God has called us to be any of those. We don't need to compare ourselves with any other church. This is His church. It's kind of a unique church. But God has called us to be a community church. And Jesus, when he talked about the mustard seed tree, was saying that it might look rather insignificant. Just a little old mustard seed. But friends, it grows. It grows and it grows and it grows. And Jesus is saying that it might look rather insignificant what God is doing. It looks powerless. It looks defeated. But actually, God's plan is advancing and nothing can stop it. Why have a refresh ministry every Thursday morning? Why have a Believe Bible study, discipleship class? Why meet with those youth every week? 
Why have a winter delight coming up on Saturday? Why? Because the kingdom of God is advancing. And you don't see it all. It's just not totally evident. But day and night, it's growing. It's growing. The smallness of the kingdom has always been an issue. Some have said a scandal. And it will continue to be. Look at the world. Look at, look at all the challenges that we face. And sometimes it looks so out of control and we look so small and so insignificant. But the kingdom of God will prevail. Though it is maligned and stepped on, don't worry. The kingdom of God will prevail. Let's just walk with God. Let's just watch His timing. Let's just invest in His kingdom. Let's be faithful to invest our seeds in tomorrow, in future ministry, and wait patiently because the Lord is going before us and His timing is impeccable. So when you plant the seed, be patient. It will grow. Galatians 6, 9 is a great reminder. Let us not get tired of doing what is right. For after a while, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and give up. Then fourthly, there are many planters. There are many planters. Some are people, there are people planting seeds all over this planet. Those seeds have been planted through the generations. Uh, we look at one of our own mission fields, the country of Cameroon. The North American Baptists have been working in the country of Cameroon since the 1930s. We're a part of the North American Baptist Conference. And in the 30s, there was a mission initiative that started a work over in the country of Cameroon. And that is now called the Cameroon Baptist Convention. And they have over a thousand churches since 1930. They are larger than we are. The, the, the sending church, the sending conference. We're about 400 and they're a thousand. They have two seminaries. They have 68 primary schools. They have six hospitals. They have 52 health centers. Their focus is in advanced medical training, theological education, missionary children education. And it all started back in the 30s. There's a history to it. It started with just a few seeds being planted. You know, and people have been planting seeds in our family through the years. Somebody planted a seed in my grandfather's heart back in London. He was a teenager. Came to faith in Jesus Christ. Then he came to Canada in the early, his early 20s. And he planted seeds in his family. And he was brethren background. So he got a little church going in the community. Got a little church going. Invited the neighbors to be part of it. And then my mom and dad invested in, in us. And we've been investing in our children. And now I see our children investing in their children. And on and on and on it goes. There are many planters. And I know that uh, families uh, can be very broken. And they can plant seeds of negativity and anger and abuse. And by God's grace, some of you have said, that's the end. The cycle ends here. And you are turning it around and you are planting seeds that bring hope and healing. 
Jesus said in John 4.38, I sent you to reap where you didn't plant. Others had already done work before you, and you will now gather the harvest. I think that's true for us. We're reaping the harvest of what many have planted through the years. And God has brought a harvest to us. We have the privilege to gather in the harvest. And here we are at year 12 in our ministry at TCC. There have been seeds already sown. If you are here in recent weeks or recent months or the last year or two, you've already been impacted by the seeds that have been sown before. The seeds that have been sown before. But we're going to sow some more seeds. And you get to be part of it. As we clear off our debt and as we invest in priorities of ministry, you get to be part of planting seeds for another church in another community to the glory of God. So there are many people planting all over in our families, in our communities, and in our world. Somebody's been a blessing in your life. Now we can be a blessing to somebody else. And then fifthly, we harvest more than we plant. We always harvest more than we plant. The harvest is always greater than the seed planted. I mean, if that weren't true, the farmer would go out of business. The gardener would go out of business. They wouldn't bother planting any potatoes or peas or corn or, because there'd be no point. If you don't bring that back any increase, what would be the point? We harvest more than we plant. In the parable of the soils that was read, we were reminded that when the seed fell on the good ground, the great things began to happen. It came up and it grew, produced a crop of 30-fold or 60-fold or 100-fold. And when you, you plant, whatever you plant will expand beyond the amount you planted. Now, that can be good or bad. If you plant criticism... It will work against you. It will come back at you 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. If you plant anger, it will come back at you. If you plant distrust or hatred, it will come back on you. On the other hand, if you plant encouragement, it will come back. It will come back your way. If you plant joy and peace and understanding, it will come back to you. If you plant forgiveness, it will come back to you. If you plant care and love for all the nations of the world, it will come back to you. If you speak for the marginalized in life, you will see God in the marginalized. And He will add His blessing to your ministry. If you know the story of uh, St. Francis of Assisi, you know that he hated lepers. He couldn't stand the sight of them. And they smelled horrible in the 1100s in the country of Italy. But one day, God had him on his horse and he saw a leper. And you probably know the story. He, and he felt that that leper was just disgusting. And God had him go and kiss that leper. And Assisi was transformed. He saw God in the marginalized. And his inner heart changed from fear and contempt. And he discovered the presence of God in a leper. And he was never the same again. He planted a seed of love. And his life was radically altered. We always harvest more than we plant. 
And we discover that God does incredible things as we, as we walk his way. And then finally, the law of proportions always works. The law of proportions always works. When you increase the seed, you increase the harvest. Of course, the more seed you put in the ground, the greater amount of harvest you will receive. If you plant 10 potatoes, not just 5 potatoes, you will have an increase in your harvest. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? As we just said, the, we harvest more than we plant. And that's not anything that we do. That's God's part. When we plant a seed, God brings the increase. It might be 20 times as much. It might be 100 times as much. We just plant the seed and we leave the rest to God. However, there is a part that belongs to us. And it's our responsibility. And that is how much seed you plant. How much seed you plant. It has to do with living by faith with being faithful and bold and courageous and venturesome. God's part is that whatever is sown is multiplied many fold. That's, uh, that's God's part. Our part is that trusting in God's sovereignty and his goodness, we need to sow all the good seed that we can and leave the results to God. The Apostle Paul said, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will reap generously. So each one should give what he's decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So it came to me the fact that, friends, we get to choose the size of the harvest. We have a, an influence on the actual size of the harvest. And you actually have influence in your own life as to the blessing of God. Some of that's under your control. Yes, God does what he so desires and brings the increase, but you have a part to play in terms of how God will add his blessing to your life and to your ministry. And that's true for us as a church. God wants to bless us. If we sow sparingly, we will reap sparingly. If we sow generously, we will reap generously. This is a principle that God has set in motion. And you know, it's not only relevant to the follower of Christ. It really is an actual law of the universe. The more seed you plant, the more you will harvest. The more seed you plant, the more you will harvest. And that law operates both negatively and positively. If we sow abundantly to the Spirit, we will reap abundantly in spiritual blessings and consequences. But if we sow abundantly to the flesh, we will reap an abundant harvest of the consequences of fleshly living, a life full of the weeds of unrighteousness. But it's an awesome principle. The more seed I plant the more I will experience God's return in my life. God is looking for givers to bless. Actually, he doesn't look for stingy people to bless. He looks for givers to bless. He must look at us and say, is there anybody on earth like me who wants to be generous? Who wants to think of other people? He's always looking for people who will say, here am I. 
use me. And he blesses people who are generous. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. So next Sunday is Celebration Sunday. It's Commitment Day. Thank you in advance for praying about your commitment to just imagine. Uh, I hope that uh, you and your family will just think about your commitment, pray about it this week in preparation for next uh, Sunday. And uh, here's a word right now from Brad, who is, uh, has served as the chair of our organizing team. So I'm just going to roll that clip right now. A seed. It's an incredible creation. Something so small and insignificant has potential to become something incredible that stands the test of time. They say that the average tree in, uh, in the redwood forests in California are between 500 and 700 years old and ranging in height to up to 300 feet tall. They are incredible. And all of it starting with a seed. TCC, I've been asked why we are embarking on this Just Imagine campaign to eliminate our debt. And I have to tell you, it's all because of this. This. A seed. This campaign is all about us as a church coming together to plant seeds so that we can make the ministries here far greater. Ministries that, that not only impact people within our church congregation, but also outside of these walls as well and in, other, and in other neighborhoods. Through God's help, we get to grow a youth ministry. We get to grow ministries that minister to those people of other nations that have come to us. We get to do outreach. We get to do greater discipleship ministries. And we even get to be part of a church plant. You see, we're, we're here not to just to create ministries that last a measly five, six, or seven hundred years. God wants us to create ministries that last for eternity. 300 feet tall is nothing compared to what God wants to do with the seeds that we're planting right now. Church, God believes in us, and we believe in Him. He has given us a vision to take the ministry of TCC to the next level. We're excited to partner with him to share about who he is and how much he loves us. We are ready to plant a seed and watch that seed grow into a ministry that God will use to impact for generations. My heart's prayer is that next week on Celebration Sunday, that we as a church will come together as a unified body and plant the biggest seed that we possibly can.